Hey, this is Brandon Ludwig, and you're listening to Beam Me Up Scotty, starring Kenny, Scotty Too Hotty Guffney, Brian Labuda, Dawson Maiman, and Trevor Dinosaur Lasur. cool cats and kittens. I know you've all been wanting just a bit more Tiger King. You know, it's nearly impossible to think about the year 2020 and not associate it with the Netflix series that we all came to know and love. And tonight, I've got a special guest with us. His name is Josh Bethel, and he worked alongside Joe Exotic. So not only do we have him, but we have his story that you haven't heard. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Bethel. So, tell us how you came to meet the man that the world knows as Joe Exotic. Uh, so, I was dancing in a club in Toledo. Um, it was a drag club, and I was just dancing there. And um, he saw me and saw that I was short and flexible and he needed somebody for his magic show, so he had the other boys come and ask if I want to join, and they said that they had a limousine outside waiting, and I'm like, I don't know you, <laughs> you're, you're probably serial killers, right? I don't know what's going on, so no, but I'll think on it, and they, they said, well, we leave tomorrow at Love is Commons, and that's a like an outdoor mall in right. Toledo. So I said, okay, well, give me a day to think about it. So I went home, and then the next day, my boss and I had um, looked it up and made sure he was legit, and it was legit. It was actually a real zoo, and I'm like, all right, well, I think I'm just going to pack up all my stuff in a trash bag and go, and that's what I did. Right? That's awesome. At least he was kind of like, a, if he had been like a serial killer, he would have been more of a more of a high profile serial killer, I guess. I've got a limo outside, not not I've got I've got an unmarked yeah. van outside. I didn't get to ride in the limo that time. I rode in the tour bus, but uh, oh, okay. when I got there, but I think they instantly regretted the decision when I got there because I came in heels, and I think I, I was very, very feminine back then. And I looked, I looked very girly, and they were looking at me like, "Is this the same guy?" And I was, <laughs> I think, it was like six-inch heels I was wearing. Um, and so when I got there, they said, "Okay, we're packing things up. We're putting the cages into the um, into the truck." And I'm in heels, and I'm like, uh, okay. So I loaded these really heavy, uh, these really heavy, like, 
cage things and loaded them in the truck in heels. And so after that, I didn't fear ever being in heels <laughs> because <laughs> I could do that. So, so they instantly regretted that, but I didn't wear my heels after that day. <laughs> <laughs> what was the experience with him like working um, with Joe Exotic? Uh, it was more like a tornado, I guess you would say. There, like you stepped into a tornado. There was good time. There, like there was times where he was really sweet. I'm just gonna, and nice. I'm just gonna say right, right. I'm just gonna say like, right now, though. That's, right at you. I'm just gonna say though that that's not the way anybody wants to be remembered as a tornado. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he was very, very strict. So, wow. um, if you were doing things that he didn't like, he would tell you and he would yell at you. So I was, uh, a, what you would call one of his boy toys. So, uh, I didn't really get yelled at that often. However, I was a magic assistant and if we couldn't fit in a prop or we were having trouble learning a trick, he'd put us on a diet and he wouldn't like let us eat what the other people were eating we would have to eat like salad or whatever so i mean he was kind of strict with that wow but i didn't really get a lot of like yelling towards me i've seen i've seen everybody else get yelled at but i was kind of special treatment i guess you would say right yeah are there any specific memories that stand out to you that you wanted to share memory I've ever had and I'll never forget is so like I said I was one of his little boy toys he would do things for me I, I hardly ever had to pay for anything so um, one day he said okay Josh I'm getting everybody haircuts and it's like cool we were touring at a mall and this mall had uh, the, I think it was all haircuts probably for playtime with the tiger I don't know but we went there and He's like, he showed me his haircut. He's like, look, Josh, I have an emo cut like you. Back then I had an emo cut. <laughs> and it was the most terrifying thing I'd ever seen. It was an emo mullet. And I didn't think that could be possible. But it was. And it was it was something else. And I, I couldn't laugh at him because I knew he'd yell at me. So I had to hold it in and then leave and then laugh. But dude, I love I mean, your emo mullet. He was probably trying. He was probably trying to impress me, and I'm like, yeah, it looks good. It did not look good, but I watched him anyway. So I'm like, whatever. <laughs> did uh, did uh, you yeah. see? Um, did you see Netflix's Tiger King? Did you watch it? Oh yeah, I've I've watched all of it. Like, the day it came out, I watched it, and it was like look like taking looking into a mirror into my past. It was so weird and trippy. And But after seeing it, I being there, I knew that there was a lot of things that were untrue and things that were true. And it's kind of like a little bit of PTSD, honestly, because you're going back and you're seeing some of the things that you had seen and things that you know that people are lying about to make Joe look bad. So I, I've seen things so i mean some of it's true some of it's not but yeah you know people say things to uh make like, it on tv or something i don't know I, they're not really uh truthful that's for sure wow yeah i remember we watched it like i think in 
I think over two nights we watched it, you know, and, and yeah, it was, it was wild. It was really wild. They should have had you on there, you know, discussing, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. They, um, I, I watched it. I binged it the whole time. I didn't sleep. I didn't think I just watched it all. And I've watched all the like little things on the side, um, like animal planet and, um, the ID channel. I'd watched all of those. And uh, like I said, I see truth and I see lies. And it's weird seeing people that I know on TV. Um, I, I knew John Finley very well. I knew Joe very well. I knew Ricky very well. Um, most of the people that were in that documentary were newer and they weren't really there for that long of a period of time. Yeah. Um, when I, when I was leaving, when I left, that was around the time that uh, that that was the time where we were wearing Big Cat Entertainment. It was Big Cat Entertainment everything. That's what he got sued for. So um, at that time, we were wearing Big Cat Rescue shirts. Um, we were, you know, copy- copywriting what Big Cat Rescue was. <laughs> right. Because he, he was mad at her. So I just remember seeing that. I'm like, what? And then they're like, these are the new pamphlets. We're not saying... Uh, it's GW Zoo. We're saying it's Big Cat Rescue. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I had I I I left and came back because I would spend um, like half a year on tour and half at home because my mom was very sickly. So I would go home and then I'd come back. Um, so yeah. so yeah, when I came back, that was going on. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Can I ask and by you? That time, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, by that time, everybody had um, that I knew had already had quit. He had such a high turnover rate that people would not stay because he would he would bark at them. So um, so people in, who like to stay, they'd stay for a month or two months or whatever, especially on the road. There was somebody different every every time we'd go to a new city, he'd pick up somebody different, and somebody else would leave. So wow. Can I ask what is your opinion of Carol Baskin? I know what Joe's is. <laughs> uh, so I I personally don't like Carol because I was a marketing person for the tour. I booked um, the tour dates. I booked hotels and things like that. Um, I got um, restaurants to donate uh, food for Playtime with Tigers. So I did all the marketing for the tour and it, I think it kind of explained it on Tiger King where the tour dates were getting canceled because she was calling all these up malls and casinos and stuff and canceling them and like telling them things and then they would cancel and PETA would get involved and they would they would cancel our tour dates well tour date after tour day got canceled and I was at the zoo for I had never been to the zoo I had worked there for you know, on and off for two years, and I had never been to the zoo. Well, I was at the zoo for like six months because we had no tour dates at all. And then he stopped doing his magic because he wasn't having any tour dates. People were like, the, Carol really attacked the zoo. And when that happened, people weren't getting the paid. Um, uh, we we all suffered for for that. So like, there there was times where I wouldn't have a paycheck for a month. However, Joe was very, you know, he, we knew that he didn't have the money, so he would, you know, make sure we had food, make sure we had what we needed, but, um, yeah. 
but but yeah, he he. We, we, we wouldn't get paid for like over a month sometimes because we had no tour dates. The park alone wasn't enough to hold up and uh, keep it going. Right. Um, there's a lot of animals there. There was over 200 big cats. So um, there was a lot of animals. And we had the food trucks with the meat, expired meat. And, um, right, yeah. But, but that only did so much. When we were on the road, we didn't get that. So those animals, we'd have to buy that. Um, and then sometimes the food trucks weren't too slim to feed everybody so they would have to or the animals so we'd we'd have to get more so so yeah a lot of things were affected by that and uh, the employees the the animals i mean she was ruining him so I, i mean we all didn't like her because it was affecting our pockets too right that's understandable what 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 we did ourselves like i was a magic assistant i i wasn't necessarily a zookeeper so me being at the zoo i was way out of my element so you know he put me to work with marketing but i would still help with the animals but i i worked with the little animals on tour and at the zoo there's huge animals you know so i had to learn different things and adapt but i definitely was mainly on the road with with joe so it was completely different yeah What's all the attention been like for you since uh, this whole story exploded? Uh, so when I came out that I was, um, I, second time out of the closet, I guess, um, I came out and said that I was uh, working for Joe and that, you know, I was pretty close to Joe. Yeah. Um, all my family and friends, like, they blew up about it because they didn't know that that's who I was working for at the time. And um, then it, it just blew up. People were sharing my stories, and then I got onto the group pages, and you know, thousands and thousands of views. And I, so I went. My very first newscast was a local newscast, and I was so nervous. So I asked my friend Matt to do it with me because I was on tour with Matt. He was only there for a few months, but we were really close while we were there together so I asked him to do it with me because he's from Toledo as well and after that my nerves kind of went away and I was good with doing interviews almost every week I had a different interview sometimes twice a week and then I kind of like strayed away from it and now I'm kind of coming back to it but I I kind of uh, stopped talking about it because it was kind of repetitive I guess you could say right it's understandable um, what are your thoughts on Joe not receiving a pardon? I think that he should have gotten a pardon. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I'm a Democrat. I will say that. However, I was still rooting for uh, President Trump to give him a pardon. I, I was very, very hopeful, especially in the end, because they had um, mentioned that it could could happen, and I got excited to. Um, but it didn't happen, and uh, I, I mean, I'm a religious man now, so I, I think everything happens for a reason. I think in time, you know, Joe will um, get out, and I don't know when that'll happen, but I do believe that he's innocent. I, I've i stood by him this whole time. I, I, the reason why I believe Joe's innocent is because he's a very, very intelligent man, Except for the emo cut, that wasn't very intelligent. <laughs> but he was—he was an intelligent man, um, and 
He's very knowledgeable, very, very business savvy. There's absolutely no way he was stupid enough to set that up because, well, first off, for $3,000, he's just not that dumb. He's a very, very intelligent man, businessman. He knows, and a guy that he didn't even like. There's absolutely no way. A lot of people are coming out of the woodwork and saying that it was lies and it didn't, it, it wasn't like that. And the thing that pinned him up was uh, the animal cruelty charges. And that's another thing that I disagree on because the reason why he had such a big turnover rate with employees was because if somebody was doing wrong to the animals or not, not doing their job properly, he'd boot them right out the door. So um, his care for the animals were so high that he didn't care who he fired, who he hired, as long as the animals were taken care of. Um, do I believe that he has put animals, you know, out? Yes, I do, because, you know, they were older or whatever. They, I, I mean, that, that happens. It's just like if you have an old dog, you put it down. Uh, I, I mean, it, I, I don't think he was doing that to make room because, A, like I said, he was business savvy, and it's already come out that he sold cubs. So um, it wasn't like he was he, he would make he would make room in his zoo, and he also sold sold animals. So yeah. why would he why would he kill them if he, he could kill sell animals? Them, is what you're saying? When yeah. he can sell them, he's a very smart person. So yeah. I I don't I I just think it's all baloney, honestly, and I think. Joe has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because he's very hard to work for. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly why they revolted and said the things that they said on, on the documentary. And if you ask Rinky, who's been the park manager since before I was there, long, long time, who has seen everything in the, in the park, if you ask him, he has a completely different uh, answer to what happened to the animals and, and, and if Joe is innocent, and they never put him on the stand. And I, I think that 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 would have completely changed everything if he would have gotten put on the stand, because Rinky ran the zoo, especially when Joe was gone. He he's the one that did everything. So um, when Joe was on tour, he took over. So I just think it's a lot of baloney, and I think he's in there for for uh, for no reason. Yeah. Do I think that he's an angel? No, I've seen Joe in some bad, like being in some bad situation. I've, I've seen Joe. I don't think he's an angel, <laughs> but I do believe that he's innocent, anyways. So, what's next for Josh Bethel? Um. Well, I'm hoping I get on Tiger King too, <laughs> <laughs> but if not, no biggie. Um. I kind of, like I said, I kind of slowed myself down. I got all hyped up and excited, like holy crap this really happened to me and I'm involved in this and I was getting phone calls and phone calls and I was doing so many interviews and podcasts and stuff and I'm like this was crazy well then my my husband said that's all you talk about is Joe this Joe that and I, said, I know so I kind of slowed myself down because it was consuming me a little bit but I would like to be on Tiger King too I have talked to quite a bit of uh, big time producers um and, and networks, and uh, I 
I don't know if it's going to be Tiger King 2, but I know that it's going to be on something big, um, and that I, 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 I'll get my, my story out, and there's a lot of things that I don't, I, I don't talk about that I kind of keep to myself because I want it to be on the big screen and I, or, or, you know, on the television. And so there's a lot to the story and there's a lot of things that people haven't heard. There's a lot of lies. There's a lot of truths. Um, but there's so much unsaid and, um, I, I think that talking to the people that were there during the time that all that went down isn't going to tell the story because they probably were only there for a couple months or a year. I mean, people don't last more than a year when they worked for Joe because they would get annoyed by Joe being, you know, a butthead and then they'd leave. So honestly, they don't know the whole story. They weren't there back in the day when, um, when things started, when the rival, the rivalry start, the rivalry started and, um, they weren't there through everything. So, uh, I, I definitely think that, uh, there's a lot to tell and there's a lot of things that are left out and a lot of people don't know that need to know. And I think it would change the whole scenario of the story and, and people would think completely differently. I think that most people are supporting Joe and want to free Joe. And I, I'm glad for that because I'm for that. However, a lot of, a lot of employees are not. And a lot of past employees are speaking out and saying, you know, Joe probably did do it. Blah, 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 blah. He hated Carol. Don't get me wrong, but he wasn't stupid. So he rubbed a lot of people wrong through the years being strict and it's his way or no way kind of attitude so a lot of people have a lot to say because they don't like him so i think a lot of it is bs and lies and uh, i think that's that's how they're trying to make their buck especially some people in the documentary some of the old caretakers so that's what i gotta say about that (laughs) (laughs) and josh bethel we look forward to seeing and hearing your story on the big or small screen either one so thanks for joining us today, buddy. I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time out. Well, thank you. And I don't know if you can fit this in uh, your podcast or not, but um, I'm actually helping my best friend. She got out of a a, a, a bad domestic violence uh, situation, and uh, like shots were fired and everything, and she has ah, kids. And yeah. so I have a, a GoFundMe for her on my page if you look me up josh bethel on facebook you can find the gofundme and you can donate to her it doesn't go to me it goes to her um but uh she she's starting from the bottom and have has nothing and she has two kids so if if you can donate then help (laughs) absolutely i'll leave that in for sure that way if anybody can donate thank you if anybody can donate they can donate i appreciate that you know if they can because it, it sucks to start from the bottom you know and like have to start over, you know, I've, I've been there myself, you know, I think we all have at one point or another, you know, um, and it, yeah, yeah. and if you have, trust me, you'll, you'll want to, you'll want to help somebody else out if you can, so, but thanks Josh, I will send you the, um, I'll send you the interview once, uh, once it's posted. All right, thank you. Thanks a lot, buddy, you have a good night, bye. You too, bye-bye. What were your thoughts on Tiger King, Brian? <laughs> well, I 
actually, so Tiger King came out at like the beginning of the pandemic and me and Emily just kind of binge watched it. I mean, yep. I was still going to work because I work in the nursing home, but I would come home and I'd be like, I got to watch Tiger King. <laughs> it was so like enthralling and I had never heard of any of it. Yeah, you, you know, know I, I'd heard some of it, but nothing like the documentary because Tiffany had actually heard it on a podcast, like the story. <laughs> and yeah. it was more from Carol Baskin's point of view um, on the yeah. podcast. And so I just, I heard, you know, just fragments of it. But man, the, the series documentary minute really put everything oh, yeah. into perspective. <laughs> it really did. It was like, it was wild. I mean, the whole entire thing was like this fucking roller coaster ride. It was just like up and down. Like you, and you could not predict anything. It was insane. You You know, you had no clue. Yeah. So your thoughts, do you think that Carol Baskin killed her husband? I think so. I think that there's good, (laughs) there's good chance that that's probably, that that could have happened. I kind of, I got to say, she was really annoying, but I kind of feel bad that everyone was like, fuck Carol Baskin and all that (laughs) stuff. Cause I was like, you know, like, yeah, she's kooky. She's a little like weird, but so is is Joe or, I was going to say Joe Erotic, Joe Exotic, <laughs> you know? I mean, they're both, like, their personalities are so big. I thought it was fucked up that she just kind of, like, attacked everyone, like, poking, like, no pun intended, but poking the tiger's cage. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like these people are just minding their own business, and she comes in and just, like, starts being, like, an asshole and a dick <laughs> for, like, no reason. Well, you know, yeah, like the the guy I just finished talking to, uh, Josh, who you know <laughs> worked with uh, with Joe, said that she made it very difficult. She would, um, like, if they were booked somewhere, you know, she would call and cancel their booking and whatnot, and yeah. she made it very difficult for them. And I would like to say we did reach out to Carol Baskin for comment, but she okay. did not. She did not respond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I offered her the opportunity to come on the show and discuss it, you know, and have, you know, from Josh's point of view, who worked with Joe, yeah. and then, you know, have her point of view as well. But um, yeah. we we did not hear back. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I kind of wonder, like, how much the filmmakers made it, like, you know, because, you know, they, they kind of, they get, they get, like, the kooky, like, the, the over, like, like, everyone's personalities are, like, exaggerated. Like, during, like doing an interview things, you know? while you're sitting in a bathtub, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, like, and like, I'm sure like, like, you know, those personalities are like, you know, they're there, they're real personalities. That's how those people are. But I'm, sh- I'm sure that, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, like maybe she was like exemplified a little bit. Like maybe there might be footage out there of her acting like completely normal. <laughs> and then they, they were just like, let's just put this thing because she's saying something stupid you know exactly like the whole uh what is it sardine oil that she mentioned that you'd have to put you have to cover somebody in sardine oil for a tiger to eat <laughs> yeah. them or something like yeah well of course that's gonna make it into the documentary and and oh, her yeah. and her actually discussing real issues about yeah. <laughs> animals in captivity is probably gonna go on the cutting room floor <laughs> Oh yeah. In comparison. Yeah. Because and I mean like, she, she does a lot of work for the animals, you know. I mean she really does. But in reality, she's still putting them in fucking cages. <laughs> yeah, you like, know, that's what I didn't understand. No difference. Yeah, know? like what's the difference? Like what's what's the difference between what you do and what Joe does? I mean I mean, I get that I guess 
her argument was that his animals seemed a little bit more maybe malnourished and, you know, I mean, they just were not maybe as healthy as hers. But the fact is, you're saying that we shouldn't put them in captivity as you walk past their cages on your property? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't get yeah, it. But... That's kind of like, like, you know, the, the whole double standard thing. It's like, it's like, well, you're doing that. Like, yeah, you're doing it. Why can't Joe do it? Or or is it that we don't like the competition? You know what it was? It's the competition. You know, it absolutely is. And, like, why couldn't they just, like, both exist? Well, you know, Carol like needed Disney to be World. more... Carol needed to be yeah. more exotic. Yeah. Oh, my God. That wedding photo of her and her husband and, like, the tiger comes. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dawson, and I'm back with episode four of season three for Beam Me Up, Scotty. And while we're here, I'm going to go ahead and apologize for my loud semen demon as she walks in and right out just to say hello. Anyways, today I'm going to be talking a movie done by the incredible, grotesque Eli Roth. Some of you may have steered clear from this movie as it depicts cannibalism, and it is supposed to be an unspoken second movie to the legendary cannibal holocaust so in the movie spoiler alert but not really little spoiler alert no cap that's a slang for you old people now learn <laughs> anyways so <clears throat> the the plot of the movie is these activists in New York or whatever, they go to the Amazon and they're going to protest some mumbo-jumbo and they get in the plane, they crash, and then they get caught up in a deadly uh, tribe. So long story short, you know what happens next. So I'm going to throw a couple of random facts for you. Just so you'll be more knowledgeable at the end of this episode. Isn't that fun, kids? <laughs> so anyway, so when Eli Roth and his crew approached villagers to be extras in the film, he soon realized that they had never seen a movie and had no concept of what and what was, of what one was. To demonstrate what a movie was, Eli had brought a TV and a copy of Cannibal Holocaust, made in 1980, and had a screening for everyone of the tribe. The sadistic villagers loved it and gladly acted in the film. Remind me never to go to fucking Peru. Anyways, that brings me to my next thing to say. Eli Roth actually disclosed that the tribe offered him a two-year-old child to the production designer as a thank you for including them in the film. The production designer politely declined, hey baby. The film received a glowing response from horror novelist Stephen King, who tweeted that the film is like a glorious throwback to the drive-in movies of my youth. You know, bloody, gripping, hard to watch, but you just can't look away. Because if you've seen the movie and you're like me, it's wild. You, you love it or you hate it. My girlfriend watched it with me, Robin, and she was disgusted. She, like, she said maybe three or four times after we watched it, this was the worst movie I've ever seen. Because if you've seen it, you know how wild it is. I mean, they're like, spoiler alert, in the beginning, this lady who is like the tribe head, she peels out with her long claw of a finger, like long claw on her finger. She peels out eyeballs at 12, and then she just eats them raw, and then she cuts out a tongue and eats it, like chews it up. So, 
Lorenzo Izzo nearly drowned while filming the escaped attempt sequence where her character runs into the river near the village and is pushed downstream before being recaptured. It wasn't until one of the crew realized that her screams were actually real where she was then rescued. And get this, they kept some of the footage in the film. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm not going to tell you who that is. I'm just going to let you figure it out. Lorenza Izzo is actually her uh, her name in the real life. Sorry, my kid is... She's she's being really quiet. I know it's weird. Anyways, so you'll never guess the body count. You'd honestly think it'd be a lot higher for what it was, but I guess in a in a sense, no. But they're including literally every death. So thirty three with nine off screen. I want to know the kill count for Cannibal Holocaust, and I have not seen that personally, so I'm really gonna have to actually go back and watch that. Because I've seen, I'm in several horror groups on Facebook, and I'm just, all they talk about is fucking Cannibal Holocaust, The Green Inferno, and the Serbian, and it's either a Serbian film, or it's the Serbian film, I don't know. But either way, the Serbian film is, it's, it's supposedly one of the worst of the worst. But Cannibal Holocaust and Green Inferno is, you know, a cannibalistic type of movie. It's gory, it's bloody, it's nasty, I mean, dude, it's just... If you're into that, you've got to watch it. I, I can't believe I'm 25 and I'm just now getting around to watching it. And I mean, then again, it was released, and uh, I meant to say it in the beginning, but here we are. <clears throat> Eli released it. Eli Roth released it in 2013 at the Toronto. Uh, Toronto. <laughs> Dang, I cannot talk. The Toronto International Film Festival, but it didn't release in the United States until 2015. So you know how that goes. It probably had to pass. I mean, honestly, the before I even finished that sentence, I don't know how it passed. But another fun fact I read: this is the only one of the only cannibalistic films that didn't involve animal violence. I thought that was pretty crazy because if you watch the movie, you're just waiting for like something to eat the animal, and then one of the main characters kill the animal. But no, it doesn't happen. It's like they play it in a couple of times, like they make you think that because there's this like badass-looking Black Panther that is, like, spread throughout the movie. You see it a couple of times, and you just think something's going to happen. And it never fucking does. <laughs> so, I have nothing else to say to you guys other than, as always, we appreciate it. We love you guys. Check us out on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We even occasionally on Instagram whenever Scott's not being Scott and wants to be socialmatically incredible other than on Facebook and I'm just making up words right now. All right, guys. As always, again, thanks for coming to my TED Talk and stay killer. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thank you. Bye. All right. So time for one of my favorite parts of the show. Let's call my very good friend, Mr. Trevor Lesseur. By the way, his children's show, Swadley and Dean, that you can catch on YouTube, they now have their first album out. It's volume one, and it is, I think, about ten of the best love songs from the show. And you can catch it on Spotify, Apple Music, pretty much wherever you listen to music, you can find volume one of Swadley and Dean. So please check that out, especially if you have like preschool age kids and maybe pre-preschool age kids, kind of like I do. Um, check them out and, uh, let's give Trevor a call.
what's up, buddy? Oh, hey, man. How are you? Uh, I'm just in the middle of taking a mime shower right now. A, a what? A, a mime shower? See, uh, when you're an actor, you have to um, make imaginary circumstances real. And one of the things we do to try to keep our acting muscle, you know, going and strong is we is we mime. Sometimes you might mime driving a car, uh, miming making a sandwich, uh, maybe drinking some sour milk. Uh, right now, I am miming shower. And oh, wait, hold, sh- the water was too hot. Um, uh, I'm just miming taking a shower right now. That's really what I'm doing. Gosh darn it. Are you okay? I, I just got my phone all wet. I, I gotta call you back later. Hey everyone, Dawson here again, and I'd like to take a quick second to tell you a bit about the Anton Yelchin Foundation. Created in 2017 by Anton's parents, Victor and Irina, the Foundation's mission is to empower and support young people engaged in creative arts who face career challenges due to debilitating disease or disability, and awards grants to eligible applicants, and brings their work to a wider audience. Grant application period is open year-round. If you would like more information or would like to volunteer your services, your time, or skills to the Foundation, please visit their website at antonyelchinfoundation.org. Again, if you would like more information or would like to volunteer your services, your time, or skills to the Foundation, please visit their website at antonyelchinfoundation.org. Thank you all for listening.